Welcome to Today, Maybe Forever. I'm Floyd Hall, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Shannon Evans. Shannon, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We just talked about off-air about labels, and I wasn't sure what to call you, so I just said (laughs) Shannon, Shannon Evans, and, you know, the value of that name will be apparent in this conversation, so people won't even need to even know what your label is. It'll just be apparent 30 minutes from now, they'll get it. Okay. That's so, um, <laughs> among many things, you are an, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also a visual artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a cultural cultivator, as I see you. Okay. Um, let me see what else I can say. I think you're a politi- a politically minded cultural cultivator activist kind of thing mm-hmm. happening there okay. as well. Um, you love a good drink. Mm-hmm. Um, love some good coffee. Yep. Uh, tea. tea more the tea, southern coffee. Tea more southern coffee. Okay, but yeah, um, but I love coffee shops. There you go. Okay, so we got all those things. Um, so whichever one of those feels right, you can step into that, or we can go in a, in a whole different direction. But I will say, I feel like you are someone who is um, a thinker about their place in the world. For sure. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for those who don't know your story, because I know your story, but how did you get to Atlanta? Um, I got to Atlanta accidentally. Like I, um, I was in DC at the time and, oh man. So I was in DC, I was going to Brazil and my roommate at the time told me that he was moving out. And so, um, I was like, well, you know, it was like four days before I left. And so I kind of, my parents lived here. I, I packed up my stuff, shipped it down to Atlanta, went to Brazil, came back. Uh, like a month later, finished packing, and then moved to Atlanta. So that's how I ended up here. But I had a friend of mine, maybe it was like a year before that happened, like he called me <clears throat> and said he had a dream about me. And this was like someone we, I like hadn't spoken to in years. We went to Howard together and said, like, I saw you in Atlanta. Um, like I had this dream, and I felt like I had to call you. Like I saw you, like you were in Atlanta, and um, – like you were doing like something really cool, like and you were in this building and like people were flying around you, like. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, but I feel like you'll know when it's time to go." And at that point, Atlanta was not anywhere near <laughs> like what I was thinking about. So it was interesting to me that that happened. That was a very random yet specific dream. Very random, <laughs> but specific. Very specific. Yeah. Um. So we're 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 here in Atlanta, contemporary. Um. We're having this conversation and why it's important to have this conversation here. I think that um, this space as a place for contemporary Mm -hmm. culture in Atlanta, um, one, thank them for the space for, you know, to to even have this moment. But two, I think for people like yourself who are, I think, cultivating in a contemporary moment in a way that feels like you're allowing these different intersections to take place, um, I feel like I feel like it's very important. So you, uh, as the the owner of uh, a very, I think, um, well, I think it's, it's a very important space. Thank you. Um, studio number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, food, drinks, people, art, all these things kind of have come together in that space in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. So as someone who as a, as an owner of a of a business where art is very you know integral into that, um, what currently is inspiring you right now? 
hmm. in terms of how you move through the world through those different spaces, whether it be the studio business space, mm-hmm. um, the food space, the music space, the drink space, photography space. Like, mm-hmm. what actually is inspiring you right now in this moment of contemporariness in Atlanta? Huh, that is it. I'm surprised at how tough that question is. Like, <laughs> man, you didn't give me any soft ones before. But um, I think what's inspiring me is, um, and I think especially being in Atlanta, it's knowing that something big is happening here and it's just the beginning of it. Like, I remember, you know, we were supposed to open in 2012 and we had a fire. And I always say to people, like, that was one of the best things that happened because it took another two years, even though it was really a really, really frustrating process. Um, But I feel like Atlanta was not ready for a space like ours in 2012. And so I think being around so many people that are creating at the same time and figuring it out and making their mark and being able to be a part of that, it feels really special. And it continues to inspire me to, like, have a space that people can go and experience things and create their own things out of. You know, I think that that piece, like there aren't enough creative spaces in Atlanta that um, are really into cultivating that, making sure that people outside of, I guess, the norm of Atlanta have a, a voice. And so that's always been important to me since we've opened. And that fuels me a lot of times. Sometimes it frustrates, but yeah. it definitely fuels whether it be through uh, your business pursuits or personally, well, let's, I'll say more through the studio number seven mm-hmm. angle. Um, how do you know when to let folks come to you mm-hmm. for, you know, to be a, a, a resource and when to push forward and say, this is what we want to do. This is what I want to mm-hmm. do. This is how I really want to impact, you know, my space, my surroundings. How do you know when to, when to pull back and when to push forward? Um, I think from the beginning, it's um, like I had a very set idea of what I wanted Studio Number 7 to be. And, um, you know, I wanted it to be a place where creatives gathered and like we were open five days a week and you could just come in and have a good drink, have good food and listen to great music all the time because I felt like Atlanta was really missing something like that. I still feel like Atlanta is really missing something like that. But from the very beginning, it was clear to me that people wanted us to be an event space, even though I kind of <laughs> was really against it, <laughs> even though I love events. Um, it was just not what my vision was. And so I think from the beginning, after I had a clear idea and people started coming in and deciding what it, they wanted to do, it was then trying to figure out those people that just I easily aligned with. And so I've always kind of let people come and then see I think my bigger problem is figuring out what to say no to versus mm. what to say yes to. Yeah. Um, and then, so now it's easier for me to, I'm starting to have more of my vision outside of the space by working on projects that I love. that are much more rooted in food and spirits the way that I wanted to be. And I found that to be really rewarding. Yeah. Um, in some ways I felt like you were early on, we were early. On, on some things <laughs> we that, were early that yeah you know now we were really early and that's why i'm like had we started 2012 we would have been super early way too early yeah yeah mm-hmm. um because when i look at co-working spaces mm-hmm. and yep. and shared studio spaces and yep. concepts that fit some of the boxes that you all were trying to check early it was like yeah 
you you had the vision. Right, yeah. You had the vision, but it seemed like maybe the community hadn't caught up to that. Yeah. They hadn't, was, that need wasn't quite there, even though you maybe saw it before they did. Yeah, it, we were too early. Um, I also think lack of resources um, played a factor as well as just not knowing as many people as I know now, you know, like I was still relatively new to Atlanta. Like I had and I, you know, my own understanding of what the city was and what I felt like was needed here and what I missed from being in a city like DC. But I just didn't know enough people. It was one of, like, you need more people, like you need way <laughs> more people to figure this out. So, yeah. Okay. So I knew you in that context as, as more or less a proprietor. Mm-hmm. I did not know until later Mm-hmm. That you really had a strong love for food. Yes. I mean, I mean, it makes sense now. Like, <laughs> yeah, you you served food. The restaurant concept was there, mm-hmm. but like, I guess I didn't know how much of a driver that was for you. Right. So maybe talk about your your experience, sort of crafting your food vision, mm-hmm. um, separate from your actual space, but just sort of curating you know these food moments you know mm-hmm. menus you know all of that um when did when not when but like how has that vision begun to or when did when did that change over the last mm-hmm. couple of years for you well I, yeah i've always loved food even though i wouldn't have even said it that way myself like i you know it's something that's always drawn me in but i think it's because i love travel I love hospitality on a whole like when I go to countries it's like I want to eat what is happening at the moment you know like I'm big on street food and like just going out and like meeting people in that way um so that's why our first menu was like more about Latin and Asian street food and like how those two things kind of merge because I'm Jamaican I don't know if you knew that but um Jamaican food is really um and I think a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is how many ooh, how many cultures <laughs> make up Jamaican food. So our motto is out of many, one people. And like you really see that in food that it, it has influences from Africa as well as Spain, um, um, China, India, like really all every single dish is rooted in somewhere else. So I think that's where my fascination came from initially. Um, and so just being able to express myself in that way and like we we've always snuck in some Jamaican things without calling it Jamaican because I again I think that's one of the things when you say Jamaican people put it into one box of what it should be sure um yeah student has always been very Jamaican like Jamaicans come in and go someone here is Jamaican because they can spot out like the little things that we've hidden in there um I think I'm rambled um no that's good you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because until you know for those who are listening I think it would it would this is definitely a chance to maybe do some you know investigating into sort of the the backstory of, of Jamaica and immigration mm-hmm. but it was it was weird to me or weird and fascinating to meet um Chinese Jamaicans oh yeah and I was like what like what yeah. excuse, excuse, what and yeah. and I was talking to um I was talking to an artist and he was like yeah both of my grandparents are you know well, two of my four grandparents are uh Chinese mm-hmm. and I was like <laughs> Blew your mind, but they're Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like grew up in Jamaica. Yeah, and I'm and just like very Jamaican, right? Yeah, and so like even understanding the the, the heritage of, mm-hmm. of many cultures um, coming to Jamaica and how they got there and right. kind of how they 
have blended into this sort of, you know, this one, um, I guess, um, community of, mm-hmm. of, of people is really fascinating. It's like when um, Tessan Chin, when she went The Voice, and there was an article that ran, it was like Chinese Jamaican. And Jamaicans were like, whoa, no, she's not Chinese Jamaican. She's Jamaican. You right. mean like there's no such thing in Jamaica. It's like you're, you're Jamaican. You're Jamaican. It's like that's it. And so, yeah, I found that fascinating. Yeah. Um, so we said that you were, you were early, mm-hmm. you know, in what you wanted to do. And now that things have kind of caught up to where you were um, before, what are we going to catch up to next? Because it, it seems like you're always early. So, <laughs> so whatever you're doing now, we'll all catch up to in a couple of years. Oh, man. Um, but talk about some of your current experiences or things that you're planning mm-hmm. that have been keeping you busy. Okay. Well, I will say, one, I'm trying to not be early anymore because when I look through my life, it's like I've always, like, been two, three years ahead. And but you got the gift. Sometimes I you know, can't. but you can't. I'm also impatient. Okay. So I'll start way too early when it's like, if maybe if I slowed down a little bit, then, you know, I'd be at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on that. Like, I think the big thing is going to be what's after influencer. And like, that's what it is I'm trying to figure out right now. Cause that's going to come to an end at some point, like soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, but outside of that, like I'm really finally starting to dive more into like food and beverage events. So like right now I'm working with Martel, uh, cognac on their pop-up space and helping them create cocktails for it as well as staff and set a vibe. Um, I'm also working with Atlanta Food and Wine this year on their connoisseur dinner series, and I'm super excited about that. It was like the moment when I realized that, oh, someone did this for a living, where it's like, this, <laughs> like, this is the thing that I've wanted to do, and it's perfect, and they're awesome, and like, I don't know if anything's ever felt so right to me than like getting to work on that side of like food and beverage. Um, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. But you brought no food and no beverage. Oh, with you. I know that is so rude of me. You know, and it's funny as I was like leaving, I was like, I should probably bring something to this podcast. And I was like, also think I, I think entirely too much. But I was like, I need to start like having a signature thing that I bring to people. Mm. I haven't figured out what that is yet, gotcha. but it is a thought that I had today. There you like, go. Yeah, there you go. Um, but you mentioned something briefly in terms of beyond influencer, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that you mean beyond the word influencer. Or beyond the word and like influencer marketing, okay. Also, okay. as like a being a thing, okay. Yeah. Because there have always been and always will be influencers, right? But exactly. I, I do think, but to your to that point, or maybe my interpretation of your point is that there's a a layer of of influence, but there's there there is a layer of 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 planning of how people place themselves in places where mm-hmm. you say I'm, I'm an influencer. Like you right. kind of claim that as a label, hopefully one of many labels, but mm-hmm. you know, people step into that as a thing, right. as a way to promote themselves, as a way to um, create and maintain relevance mm-hmm. in a certain kind of way. But I do think to your point though, we may be moving beyond like what's, what's, what's beyond influencer because right. sometimes we kind of fall in love with, with, with terms and then, they have a lifespan and you got to kind of move on. Yeah. And I think that's one, especially from like, you know, a branding perspective. I think that brands 
brands were too late to to this idea of influencer. So now, like, that's where they're fixated on. It's like when viral became a thing, and it was like, and we're like, oh, we we need to go viral, and it's like. That's not how viral works. And I think it's the same thing now with influencer where it's like, you know, all these brands just want to spend money on influencer marketing. And I'm just like, but what are you getting? What's the value here? And, you know, so, yeah, I'm steadily trying to figure out what is after that uh, because I need something else to come. Well, for those who are listening, you realize that Shannon just told you what was next. <laughs> we talked about, you know, Shannon being early. She, she, she just told you. Beyond influencer is the next thing. So for it those is, who are listening, sure. um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to also talk to you is because I'm I'm just a fan of all that you've done. Like oh, I, I look at you, and I'm really proud of all of the random things that kind of aren't as random as mm-hmm. they would appear to be for people who don't kind of follow you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like for someone who has um, has come to Atlanta, not from here, but had roots here, with mm-hmm. your parents being here. Um, but been in a in a position to cultivate room for other folks to do what they wanted to do or achieve some of their own dreams and and live out their their passions. I, I feel like that's a very important and undercelebrated thing, and Thank I think you. that, that I you that. you have done that quite well. Um, with that in mind, I wanted to ask you about a couple of of the events. Talk about the the Vane series mm. of, of events because I'm. It's well known within its right, yeah. its community, but right. like give give some sense of the types of communities that kind of come through your space. So mm. Vane, the the Vane movement being one of them. Right. So Vane has been doing that event for three years now. So they came to us super early, um, and you know Trayvon, I always tell him that he's super ahead. You know, like when I look at his work ethic and just his skill. you know he's about 25 maybe 26 and I'm just like you're so good and you don't even know how good you are like you are like it you know because I I, we get a lot of proposals from people wanting to do things in that same age range and he just has like he's next level and I really appreciate that but Vane they've to watch them grow has really been amazing like the people that they're able to come and bring into the space like you know People that I don't even know who these people are. <laughs> it's like it goes completely over my head. Like, oh, we've got so and so, and I'm just like, what? And then a year later, you'll hear about so and so. Like, so they're like super. Like, I remember before SZA was like as big as she is now. Like, she was at the space because of Vane. You know, like so they they always have like really cool people coming through, and it's still just really for the creative community in Atlanta. And so like they've cultivated an audience, and it's been like like I said a pleasure to watch them grow that and go on to do other things you know like Trayvon's now like he was already starting to work with like Bosco and um you know he's doing stuff in New York and so it's just really really cool you talk about that level of of I don't want to keep going back to the word cultivation but Mm -hmm. but being in a space where the folks who are creating culture who are you know, providing a platform, providing a lens for mm. a culture to be um, elevated. Um, and going back to this notion of what's next, as someone who is very politically astute, mm-hmm. um, how would you like to see the culture be involved in in policy or mm. being, I guess, maybe have more of a voice mm. with policymakers? 
Well, I mean, I definitely would like to see that. Do I think it's realistic or will, will, do I think it will happen? Probably not. How could it happen? If, I think if, it, if, if it could happen, well, I think, how could it happen? I think the opportunity was honestly missed in the last election. If I think about a time when I was ahead, <laughs> it was that election and people just not being aware that the choices that were being made at that time, like how that's going to shape, shape the city in the next four to eight years. Um, well, really eight years. And so, you know, it was a, a point where I really wanted creatives in Atlanta to understand how much their voice mattered and the fact that mayor in a city does more than for you than president does and you can decide what happens in this city you know um and so i i think now it's really trying to figure out how to make people aware in a way that they want to actually do something about it and i don't know if it's going to happen if it until it's too late you know i've watched it happen in dc and that's why when I came to Atlanta, I was like, look, guys, you don't see what's happening here. And it's not all bad. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's like this city's going to change. And in the process, like what your livelihood looks like in the city will change unless you realize that your voice matters and that you can say something and do it. And so, I mean, I think that I don't know if there is a real leader in that sense. I don't want it to be me. Um, <laughs> it's like, like, that's not... <laughs> I feel like I, I got really far into the political process in Atlanta, and I just didn't see that people cared enough. And it, it's like, yeah, it, it can't be me. <laughs> like, yeah. It just can't be me. Now, the fact that you have as much interest in that, or even as much action in that space as someone who is not from here... Mm-hmm. I want to ask you how you perceive the creative community that's here and for those who are not from here, because Mm -hmm. lots of folks come from other places and they are drawn to Atlanta because of the creative culture that's already here and more and more people come here who are not from here. Do you feel as if maybe them not being from here mm. was a bit of a challenge for them to invest in their future mm. of what that may look like as far as them being here. Because if you're not from here, maybe you don't really know the history. Maybe you don't really care as much. Maybe it's not as important to you because this isn't your, your home city. Right. Maybe, you know, like it, and it took, cause it took for me a long time for Atlanta to feel like home. I'd probably say six, seven years, like before I was like, Oh wow. You know, I love Atlanta. Like, this is home for me and we'll be home for a little while. Um, and so that might be it. I also just think that, you know, I was reading this study on um, how many millennials vote in the presidential election versus local elections. Mm-hmm. And the number dropped down to like, if of this group, everyone had voted in the presiden- presidential election and it dropped down to like 20% that voted locally in wherever, whatever city they were in. And most of the time it's just because one, politicians don't talk to them two they don't know what the issues are like they have no idea what this you know position means um so i think that's the bigger piece than it because i think that atlanta's creative community is actually quite welcoming um you know that's one of the things that i I experienced from the very beginning it's because it's smaller and it's newer it's easy to feel a part of it like you just show up and people are like hey you know like you can come in like okay you do what you know and and that's just what the vibe has always been to me um 
I think the bigger part of the problem with, with Atlanta is that it's still super segregated. And that's one of the things that I experienced when I came here. And it's not like, I don't even think it's that it's a racist city. Like, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just that people are in their own pockets. Like it's, and I think maybe you mentioned that one day, it's like really siloed or someone mentioned that, but that's what it is. And so it's like, you know, like I kind of bounce all between many different, um, spaces in Atlanta and it's something I'm always like I you know there's some rooms where it's like everyone's black other rooms where it's like I'm the only black person in it and I'm fine with it and and those rooms are still as welcoming but I think that those two pieces don't talk as much in order to have like a really cohesive city yeah so yeah um you expressed some reluctance that you know the creatives will be able to maybe have some, mm-hmm. you know, influence on policy. And maybe that, you know, is more so about them being as forward into that space. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the possibility of inviting more of the policymakers into the creative space to say, hey, this is what, you know, maybe we mm-hmm. don't feel as comfortable going to right. City Hall or a council meeting or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, we'll invite you to where we are right. to maybe kind of see us in our most comfortable mm-hmm. setting. And I think that policymakers would be open to that, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, um, and that's why I said even, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with the way that the city's being governed. Mm-hmm. It's just creatives have to make sure that their voice is heard, that sure. it's like, oh, we're here and we're paying attention and this is what we want. Um, and so I do think that there needs to be some lead in that where it's like, okay, you know, this is what should be done here. And I think that that would be welcomed. And I think that's probably a really good idea to, you know, go about it that way. I do. I will say that I think that's one of the things that Kwanzaa was really always good about, like keeping a pulse on what's going on um, in the city. But I think that there's, like I said, there's so many pockets. I think people just don't really know what's going on in Atlanta. And I, I get that a lot when people move here and mm-hmm. it's like, like, I don't get this city. Like I don't get where to go. I don't get like, what's happening and it's just like because if you don't know you just really don't know there's something going on every single night in the city and it's like how do you figure it all out how do you figure out what you're interested in but it's just so like there was one night I went from um geez there was that dinner on Broad Street like that they had like the oh, arts dinner, the yeah, 4-4 yeah. dinner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went from the 4-4 dinner to um the new there was a hotel opening in Buckhead um, where, uh, geez, I can't think of his name, but like the photographer that was on Top Model, he was hosting that dinner. I went from there to Trayvon's birthday party at when it was uh, Snake Nation was still in Castleberry. And three art influence events, completely different vibe. Yeah. And those audiences never talk to yeah. one another. You know, like... And I think that, and they're probably even more, because I think I went somewhere else that night, I can't remember where it was, but and it was a completely different audience. And I was amazed. I, I was actually with Alex. Um, I was like, wow, this is crazy, you know, but yeah. that's Atlanta. That is Atlanta. Um, back to food for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who, who enjoys a good meal, um, do you have any favorite Atlanta dishes or or favorite mm. dishes from restaurants or places in Atlanta where you like 
if you've been gone for two months and mm-hmm. you come back, I got to go to this place to kind of get this, just to kind of <sighs> reor- reorient myself back into the city. Dishes are hard. I have favorite places. Okay, places. Yeah. Let's 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 go there. Places. Recently, um, Golden Eagle is like okay. my favorite place at this moment. I'm in Golden Golden Eagle two three times a week. Like just <laughs> like at the, it's the best. It's like oh, this is perfect. The food is great. The cocktails are great. Staff is great. Like great. Um, like it's perfect. Okay, they nail it. Um, Bonton is a heavy favorite of mine. We went there one time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bonton is like, and I think I went like three times a week <laughs> after that. All my meetings were at Bonton. It's like, have you been to Bonton? No? Okay, let's go to Bonton. Um, right. So maybe that's that might be one of my favorite items right now. Their shrimp burger is delicious. Like, um, So Bonton, I'd also say... I think Octane is, has always been my grounding place, even though it's not necessarily food. They do have, they do carry, um, what, are some, what, are the, what are the bagels that they carry? I can't think of the name. Oh, of they the have bagel. a little, 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 uh, little tart that's right there. Or you mean no, the, not the, little the tart. Other. The one, um, the one on Marietta Street. Street. Okay, but they carry bagels from cheese. This is going to bug me, but this bagel shop just also got their first brick and mortar. But before that, you In could the only EAB? go. Yeah, I think it's an EAB. Yeah, okay. I, don't, okay, I yeah. know the space, but I don't know the, the, the name. name. I can't. Yeah. I cannot think of it. I keep wanting to say Sublime, but that's clearly the donut place, sure. um, which I also love. Um, but Octane has always been my, like, when I feel like I need to get centered, um, and I can't go to Jamaica, like Octane. <laughs> is that's the, weird. <laughs> right, but I can't get, because Jamaica centers me, too, in a different way, but... Uh, when I need it like centered, I feel like I'm starting a new idea or something. Like Octane is where I go, um, and it always does the trick. But I think it's the first place in Atlanta that I really gravitated towards. It's like where I came up with Studio Number Seven. Like anything I'm working on has been started at Octane, so it it always feels good. It's like, hmm, I need to go to Octane today. Like, but yeah. So I think those are like my top spots. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Um... How can people get in contact, not in contact with you, but just mm-hmm. sort of plug into what you're doing? If if mm-hmm. if you want people to plug into what you're doing, you know, <laughs> some people don't want to be found, out. you know. But like, how do you how do you how do you want to be received in the world as you move mm-hmm. through it right now? Um, I definitely think I'm trying to get more involved in food and beverage, mm-hmm. and so I think that's been, like I said, it took me a while to realize, oh, that's what it is, you know, like I. Maybe I shied away from it before because I couldn't figure out my place in it where it's like, I love food, but I don't want to be a chef. I don't want to be a bartender. Like, I can make cocktails. I enjoy that, but I don't want to be a bartender. Um, like, where, like, I don't want to be a restaurateur. Like, where do I fit in this? And so I'm figuring it out now. It doesn't really have a name. I think it's much more like on the event side. Um, like I want to start speaking at conferences about food, even though I don't quite know what I want to say yet. Um, but so I think like little by, I think maybe in, in six months, <laughs> this will be a little bit clearer <laughs> to me. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like I, I always say like I'm working on the things that I love right now. So I'm not really concerned about it between Martell and Atlanta food and wine and studio number seven. I'm diving further into food and beverage. The last time that we, caught up with each other it was at Bonton mm-hmm. and 
I believe you mentioned that you were maybe thinking about writing some, mm-hmm. or writing more about yeah. food. Yeah. Um, has that evolved into a thing that's part of what you're doing now, or is that still maybe just an idea or a concept at this point? Um, so I actually did start writing a book that I'm going to start shopping around. My goal is like the end of the year. Um, so it's kind of, I had like a, quite a bit following for my newsletter and people enjoy these random stories. So kind of an, an extension of that, but I wanted to do a book on punches to go along with it. So like punch recipes with these stories. Um, and so hope I'm hoping it will happen that, yeah, like that will be my next big thing when I find an agent for my book. <laughs> Sounds good. Shannon Evans. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise. Next time, we got to go have some food. Yes, yes. I'm with There's that. so much good food in Atlanta. That's the other thing. People don't know how much good food there is in Atlanta. It hurts my heart anytime someone comes to Atlanta and there's like, yeah, I don't know what to eat. But again, I think it's that segregated problem where it's like, where I'm like, they told you where? And it's like, ah, no, but go here. But again, when you go to these other places, it's like, there aren't enough people that, you know, know about them, like, that go. I'm just like, you're missing out on a half of a city. But, yeah. <laughs>